0: So glad to have you here. We're starting this brand new series called Screen Time, The New Rules to the Digital Age. And this is a super hot topic. And I wanted to speak on this kind of coming out of summer, going into the fall, because we're all kind of reorienting our lives and getting back on track. And I thought maybe for all of us, parents, singles, grandparents, maybe we need to reorient our lives when it comes to our technology too. And this is a super, super hot topic in our world. And so this is one of the things I want us all to resist, as we speak through this today, this idea that they're the ones on their phone too much. Because we all kind of have that, right? Our kids, our spouse, our husbands, our parents, everyone else is on their phone too much, on their digital stuff too much. And I want this to be about what am I doing with my technology and how am I leveraging it in my life for good and maybe not so good. So as we talk through the day, no elbows, no judging. This is about you and not the person sitting next to you. Let's just lean into that really well. And, but before we get into this, I thought I would share my annual, we went camping story. Because about every year as a family, we go camping with all of our family and our best friends. This year, our, all our adult children joined us with their new spouses. So we have two new wives that have joined our clan. It's really weird to have new people in, but it's so wonderful. And so we decided we needed two campers to go camping. And so we took our vintage, just in case you think I have like this awesome camper. I have a vintage 1993 Holiday Rambler with no hot water heater and about five of the things broken in it, but it was what we stay in. And then we took my mom's pop up camper all the way up to Northern Michigan to, go camp- Michigan to go camping. We're trucking along the road. We're about four and a half hours into the trip, driving the fifth wheel in front of my wife who's driving the little pop up camper. And I see this thing in the middle of the road and it looks like a piece of cardboard. But when I got closer, I realized it's a huge chunk of firewood right in the middle of the road on I 75. I'm going 70 miles an hour with the camper. And so I did my best speed racer, slid that, th- I mean, in my mind, it was awesome. And I slid it around, I dodged it, and I thought, oh, I dodged it, but realized, oh, Tina's behind me, my wife. Looked in my rear view mirror, and she hit that huge chunk of wood with a pop-up camper following her little SUV going 70 miles an hour, and I just like praying, Lord, first let them be safe, because they like jumped it up on one wheel. It was really impressive. So you see Tina, I mean, it was really impressive. And then I thought, oh, please God, they're safe, everybody's fine, but don't let them blow the tires. And then they were gone in my rearview mirror and they were safe but I got a call, blew a tire, and so now we're on the side of the road, cars going by at 190 miles an hour. Now, I know you don't think cars go 190 miles an hour, but that day they were. We're trying to change tires. We got one change. We had a problem, so we had to call a tow truck. It was a disaster. And then we realized another tr- tire's damaged, but we only have one spare, and so we limped along. It's such a long, intricate story. I don't, I don't have time to tell it all to you, but we had to spend that night in a motel in northern Michigan. Now, if you were ever to be murdered somewhere, let me just tell you, (laughs) it would be in a motel in northern Michigan. And I'm like, we're surely going to die in this place. And we were fine. We got to our campground about 24 hours later, missed a whole day of our vacation. And that's all about fine. But that night at the hotel, I decided to move the big camper to get it out of the way of everybody. And there's a reason I'm telling you this. I moved it and i look back and i realized i was dragging it across my wife's bumper after everything else that went wrong and i went into the hotel room where we were probably going to get murdered and i said honey are you smiling cuz i creased just a little crease just a just a hairline crease your car which she loves dearly this is the crease mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, and the come on, men, just men. Women, you're smarter than this. Men, come on. I pulled the camper into it, and I couldn't go any farther, so I had to back out of it, and it was even worse. Two grand in damage. And, and here's why I tell you this. Um, I may or may not have been on my phone on the time. I'm not sure. <laughs> And that's why we're talking about the new rules to the digital age. Because somehow, our technology is so good, but it also sabotages us at the same time in our lives. And, by the way, I may or may not, because it's an insurance claim, and so I may not have done it. I may have. Just I'm saying that for the record. I'm on TV. It's all real, right? So, um, we all have a relationship with our phone, our iPad, our um, TV, the things we listen to. And I say it's a relationship. Because, you know, your phone listens to you, right? You you mentioned getting a new set of golf clubs around your phone and somehow on Facebook, golf clubs pop up like 37 seconds later. Your spouse may not listen to you, but your phone listens to you. It's a relationship. It's a relationship because maybe you're not sleeping with your spouse in the same room right now because you're mad at each other. But 75% of Americans sleep with their phone right next to them. Now, I want to set the stage for this. At the end of this message series and this message today, it's not like we're going to have a big bonfire and declare our iPhones, you know, sinful and evil and burn them all. This is not like burning your CDs in the 70s and 80s and 90s in church like some of us grew up with because we have to have our phones. It's the way the world works. We have to have technology. But is there a better way? And this is not a message on judging certain people who use it more. Like maybe you're a little bit older and you think all those dumb young people, they're always on their phone, those dumb young people. How many of us have had to tell grandma or grandpa to get off the iPad and quit watching the news for the seventh hour in a row during a family vacation, right? We've all done that. We are all in this together. When one person said this, I thought this was funny, that scrolling is the new smoking, right? I mean, what's not better than getting out of a lawn? Long meeting, getting alone by yourself, and getting a good scroll on—right? It just feels so good. It's just so rewarding. So this is not judging any of that. I mean, parents, come on, come on, raise your hand for this. This will be fun, parents. How many of you sneak away to the bathroom with your phones just to get you know away from your noisy, stupid kids? Anybody do that? Yeah, we all just—we're not—we're not judging anyone. But here's what's interesting. In a book called The Sacred Fire, Ronald Razor says this, that technology, technology is the new gluttony. And I read that and I went, great, now I have two things to feel guilty about in my life, right? But when you think about it, you may think like technology and gluttony, how do those really go together? Think about gluttony, eating too much. It's always around an endless appetite plus endless access. Some of you found this out when you went to college as a freshman, right? You went at 150 pounds and then you realized you had 24-7 access to a cafeteria and you could eat as much as you wanted and you just dove in and you worked that meal plan for everything it was worth and you walked out of your freshman year at 200 pounds. Well, what technology offers us, it offers us an endless appetite with endless access in these areas of connection, belonging, belonging, Learning, information, sex, intimacy, and relief. These are the things that we're looking for. And we have endless data plans and Wi-Fi networks that supply this as much as we want. It's why we call it binge-watching. Because we become gluttonous with our technology. You ever woke up on a Saturday morning and you feel a little hungover, but you didn't drink anything the night before, but you were watching something digitally, whether it was in your phone or on your TV, on your tablet, for so many hours, you're just like, I just feel hungover. And here's what we'd acknowledge this list, just to go back to this list for a minute, connection is really important because we need connection. That's not evil. Belonging, that's important in our lives. Learning, I mean, you can learn so much. I mean, you can fact check everything. You can fact check whatever I'm saying right now in your seat. We can learn and learn, and information is at our fingertip. And just so you know, we believe as Christians that sex and intimacy was a God-given gift. That's a really big part of our lives. And just getting a little downtime and relief from stress, that, that's okay. But you know this, when an appetite gets out of control in any direction, it can ruin our lives and it can bring trouble. And this is the sense that we all have when it comes to the informational highway, that we're always missing out on something, that we're always missing out on not getting what we need, and we know this from one of the early founders of technology, Sean Parker, who was part of the early Facebook movie. In the, in the movie, The Social Network, if you saw that, he was the one played by Justin Timberlake. So he was in the early founder of the Facebook era. And this is what he said, because now, now he's decided to be anti-social media. And we're not anti-social media, but he has. So I just wanted to make a point. In an interview with Axiom Magazine, this is what Sean Parker, one of the founders of Facebook, said. He said, God only knows what it, social media, is doing to our children's brains. The thought process that went into building the applications, Facebook being the, one of the first of them, and he goes on, it was all about how do we consume as much of your time, and you know this, your time is your life, When you run out of time, you run out of life. So we're going to consume as much of your time and conscious attention as possible. And that means we need to give you sort of a dopamine hit. And you probably know what dopamine is. It's a chemical in your body that gives you an internal high that your body creates. It's so interesting. He goes on. Every once in a while, Because someone liked or commented on a photo or post or whatever, and that's going to get you to contribute more content, and that's going to get you more likes and more content. It's like a social validation feedback loop. In other words, as you comment and like and get comment and like it on, it creates this loop where we just keep going around and around and around and we can't get off the train track. The feedback loop, exactly the kind of thing that a hacker like myself, so he calls himself what he is, would come up with. Because you're exploding a vulnerability in human psychology. I mean, you read that, don't you? By one of the founders of our social media platforms and we go, yikes, that's terrifying. And maybe we should have a bonfire and burn it all. But you know this, we can't burn it all. In fact, now... We do part of our church through digital technology, and it's really beneficial as an outreach. And tech makes our lives easier. And there's no going back. But here's the question How can we have wisdom when it comes to our iPhone? How can we have boundaries? And just to give you something tangible, I'd love for you to go get this ordered off of Amazon through your technology. There, there's this amazing book called The Family, The Tech Wise Family by Andy Crouch. And if you're a parent, a grandparent, if you have any influence on kids in any way, this is a book you should get in your hands because there's amazing wisdom in this. How to have healthy technology and wisdom so you use it for your benefit, but it does not use you. And this is what Andy Crouch says in the TechWise family book. He says, we all need a theology of technology. Now, If you don't know what theology is, it's a set of beliefs and way you view something. And you don't have to have, you know, a theology of technology if you're not a Christian, but you still can have it for your technology. And if you are a Christian, you certainly should have a theology around technology because we got to figure this out. What is our theology or belief system of how we should be using technology in our lives? Because if you don't have a plan for your technology, your technology will consume you. Because it is an endless supply of everything we have an appetite for in our lives. And our, again, our screens give us so much, but they can take so much also. Like, for instance, what do our screens take from us emotionally? Do you know studies have shown that depression and anxiety went through the roof in the year 2007? Do you know what was introduced in the year 2007? The iPhone. Isn't that Interesting. How about, how about physically? When it comes to physically, studies have shown that you know our eyes and our posture and our sleep have been jacked up because of technology. Relationally, I mean, you don't have to look very far and realize. Listen, we have a relationship with our phone, which means we may be robbing relationships with someone else, and certainly spiritually, it can steal spiritual things from us. And you, you don't think about this very often, but when you really do, you go, you know what? There, there's something. To this so here's what i'd love to do and this is going to take a little bit of courage from everybody i'd love for you to participate online or in the room as we walk through these words one more time would you just when i ask you to raise your hand if you say you know what yeah something's been taken from me let me, let me ask you this emotionally and, it, and would anybody say yes yeah, something's been taken from me emotionally through technology in my life if you're not raised, you can put your hands down thank you for that i can see them all out there and online let me, let me just tell you what this means you're a student. Somebody removes you from their IG account. We hear stories all the time. It just sends students into a spiral where they're like, Am I worth anything? Does anybody like me? Am I just messed up? Moms, dads, maybe, but this is probably more of a mom thing. You know, you don't get the right picture of your child, your teenage daughter or son on social media, and they're upset with you, and now you feel like a failure as a mom over a picture on social media. Do we think that's the relationship we have with our children? Right, you, you miss a birthday. You miss an event. Your whole life can get derailed. You don't get enough likes. And you're a freshman in college. And you wonder if you're worth anything. How about this? Physically? Anybody? Just raise your hand. You ever feel like it's robbed something from you physically? If not, let me tell you why it may have. People sleep with their phones in their rooms. We are, we are being told that we are getting less than six hours of sleep and the main reason for that is the ambient light in our bedrooms and it's blue light that's coming from our phone. Do you realize that it's more dangerous to get less than six hours of sleep for your lifespan than it is to smoke two packs of cigarettes a day for the rest of your life? Sleep is a really important thing. Relationally, I mean, this breaks my heart when I think about this for my own life. You ever gone into a restaurant and you see a couple and they're just on their phones and they're having dinner together? you're married for seven years and I wonder why your marriage is struggling and you're looking at your phone all the time. You know, this dad's, I've done this. You're on vacation. You're supposed to be with your families, but you're taking care of business. You're taking care of business. You're taking care of business or you're looking at the ball game or whatever you're doing. And you know, this parents, come on, come on, come on. Let me just drill down on this for a second. Your kids will only be in footy pajamas for so long. And I'm telling you, it will be a whisper. It will be a breath and it will be gone. And to be on your phone in those days and miss that, you'll never get that time back. And then I think about spiritually. I'm not gonna even ask about that, but we used to have some extra time in our lives. We used to have some margin, we had some downtime, we'll talk more about this, where we could sneak in some time with God. And just so you know, as a pastor, I struggle having my own personal time with God. So I'm not like an elite in this, we're all in this together. But you know, that time when you could read the scriptures or you could pray or you could reflect on what was going on in your life and now we scroll, we scroll, we scroll. And this is what we tend to say, and I say this, right? It's the way the world is. But what if we decided not to listen to the rules when it comes to this area of the world in our lives? And here's what you know, you can't control your, you know, your work environment, you can't control your boss, you probably can't control your school, but you can control you and I can control me. And maybe we can even control the homes that we live in to some degree. What if we decided, listen, we're not getting rid of our technology, we need it. But we're going to set some boundaries. I love this thought because Jesus talked about choices in these kind of areas he talked about there being two roads and we love jesus around here just so you know if you're new with us we're crazy about jesus for all kinds of reasons but he talked about two roads and the one road that was wide and everybody jumps on it because it's easy but it literally leads to destruction in your life and another road that's more narrow it's harder but at the end of that road or along the way there's life and Jesus certainly wasn't talking about technology, but this applies to technology. There's a harder road where you say, no, we're not going to just do what everyone else is doing. We're going to have a plan for our lives in every area, but specifically in technology today, because we want life. And The Apostle Paul, one of the heroes of our faith who came along after Jesus, he said this. He said, "Do not, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and wouldn't it be true for most of us we would say our biggest regret I would say this is when I decide I'm going to conform to the patterns of this world and then I kind of slipped away from God and what Jesus wanted in my life I'm a freshman in college I'm a sophomore in college and I just did what everyone else was doing and I found myself myself lost and I had to come back to God we hardly ever hear this story yeah I went off to be a freshman in college and I just decided to follow Jesus with everything I had And I got on that narrow road, and boy, do I regret it. We hardly ever hear that story. We hear people say it was hard, and it was difficult, and it was challenging, but it was the best decision we ever made, or I ever made. And maybe in this area of technology is why we need some boundaries and some rules. And so what I want to do is I want to take some wisdom from what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16. He talks about this narrow road. It's called the way of the cross. And no, just know this, that Jesus never like did a specific message on technology. He never said, so when you're using Tinder, draw someone's name in the sand and swipe left in the sand. He never, there's no direct you know, correlation. But all the things that Jesus said, man, it, it just connects in so many ways. And I wanted to think about this idea when Jesus said, you know, when you gain the whole world, When you have everything in your hands. For us today, when you have everything in your pocket, because you know this, um, you order that new phone and Apple sends you a phone and it's an iPhone. It comes in this beautiful little case like this, right? And it's just this little box. And you pull your phone out and you get a lot of amazing things. Like you instantly find you get a camera. And now you got a camera in your pocket. Do you remember when you had to have a video camera and a camera and a phone, right? Because you had to have your camera and you had to have your phone at the same time. And this cost us about $1,200 10 years ago at LifeHouse just so we could film our services. And now this is obsolete because my phone does it all. And you get a camera in your phone when you open the box and you get a phone in your phone. Can I ask a question? Is anybody still rocking one of these? Any, anybody still just doing it? I am so, let, let me take you out for lunch this week. You are, you are doing well with one of these. And if you're trying, to text with one of these, don't text me. You're driving me crazy with that. All right. So you open up your phone, and then you get some games. Your games are in your phone. That's amazing. And you get some books, the 24 21 Irrefutable Laws by John Maxwell. It's a great book. What else do we get? If you're an exercise person in your phone, it gets you on a plan. You can work out. Your phone leads you in that amazing way. You don't even need to hire a trainer necessarily. If you're a sports person, oh, you get all the sports you want on there. That's great. Um, oh, I love this. This is how much how easy our phones make life. You don't go to the bank anymore, right? You just do all your banking online. It's really amazing what your phone does for you. It's all in your pocket. Let me see the things I got. Oh, all of your photos. Does anybody remember these things? Like you'd, you'd put your pictures. These are photos from when Tina and I met 30 years ago, and I wanted to put them all on the screen because I'm actually skinny and fit, but they wouldn't let me do that. Um, oh, love this. You remember CDs, record players, and tapes? They're gone because it's all on your phone. That's amazing. A little REM from the 80s and 90s. Oh, you may not know this, but you actually had to have an address book back in the day, and you write addresses down. You have it all in your phone. It's all in your pocket. It's all in your hand. Um, you watch TV on your phone. You keep a calendars on your phone. It's all at their fingertips. I love this. Do you remember when we used to have to get these guys out? I mean, the young people in the room are like, what is that thing? What, what, what is, what kind of voodoo is going on in our church? We can't, what is that? And then we really got advanced and then we would print out a MapQuest map, right? And then you'd have a MapQuest map that you'd print out from the internet. We don't even need that anymore. Hey, and that's good. I'm super thankful for, you know, GPS on my phone and that's all good. I mean, it literally is like six ounces of gifts in your phone, all these things that it does for you, but it also, there's a cost, right? Have you ever thought about this? That, um, and I thought this guy just looked really sad. Do you know that you can find out all the sad news of the entire world on your phone every day? Like you can wake up and you don't have to just know about your community, but you can know about the sad news around the world. I mean, do you think you were created to carry the sad news of the entire world on your shoulders? And that's what we're doing right now. Um, How about this? How about the uh, angry news of everybody in our world, Republicans, Democrats, everybody in between, every race, religion. We're so angry and we're carrying that in our hearts and we wonder why we're so depressed and sad and we can't find much hope. Oh, here's a good one. Um, We carry the trophies of everyone else in our lives on our phone. I mean, thanks Instagram for all the pictures of everyone else's six pack of abs I have to look at every day of my life. Or your trip to Cancun when I didn't get to go to Cancun and you gotta have a great vacation and I didn't. Now I'm just depressed about my life. We have to see everybody's highlight reels. And you know this. We typically don't put our junk on social media. We put our highlight reels. That's all we put on. And then we have to live with everybody else's stuff which not is even their real life. I, I, I love this. We get a... We get a hear the opinions of the entire world don't we get to do that thank you Facebook wear a mask don't wear a mask get vaccine don't get vaccine and everybody's just shouting at each other I mean that's ridiculous right there's once upon a time we didn't hear all those opinions and it's driving us a little insane and lastly and there's a million of these this is supposed to be an apple um, we are the temptations of the whole world at our fingertips and so do our teenagers and so do our 10 year olds Do you know that the average viewing age of pornography for a child right now is under the age of 10? That should terrify us. It's not because our phones are evil. It's just, there's a lot of information. We got to figure out how to use it better. And I think about this, all this, all of this, and so much more is in a six ounce phone that weighs nothing, but it can make it feel like it weighs a billion pounds on our shoulders when we're carrying all that and Jesus posed a really good question he said this what good would it be for someone to gain the whole world literally in their pocket now yet forfeit their soul it's this is so extreme and just so you know it's not like Jesus is saying if you have an iPhone I hate you I mean he might if you have an Android but not an iPhone because you Android people are messing up my group text can you knock it off come on come on but he's not, he's not upset at you for having a phone. He's just saying, don't waste your life. Count the cost. Know what's most important. Because our phones are a magnet for what doesn't matter. In the message version of this scripture, I love how it says, what kind of deals it to get everything you want but lose yourself. It's a terrible deal, it's what it is. It's a terrible deal to be able to connect to people on the other side of the world or on the other side of the um, county, but not connect with the person sitting next to you at dinner. It's a terrible deal. And what do you do with that? What do you do? With that? I love these two words. You lose yourself. You lose yourself. You ever feel like you're losing yourself? Here's a better question. Have you ever gone to technology to find yourself? Have you ever gone to find technology to find, hey, am I really being a good parent compared to all the other parents? Does that really help? Or or, or do I have enough likes to know that I'm doing a good job in life or comparing my life to everybody else or the fear of missing out, the whole FOMO thing? And I just want to say this. If you're here and you feel lost, come on, come on, come on, hang with me. If you're here and you just feel lost, here's what I want to invite you to, to stop looking down and look up to a great big God that's in love with you and created you for a purpose because your phone was never called to be your God. We have a God for that, and his name is Jesus. And so here's what I like to do to wrap up our time today. I like to have a DTR moment to define the relationship between you and your phone. Because we all have to define things in our life, and this is what we do. We want to be wiser when we follow Jesus. So I'm going to give you three things I'd love to invite you to consider today. The first is, would you consider setting some phone-free times in your life? Would you consider, maybe this is for you, you don't have to do all these, but just consider... Putting your phone to bed an hour or two before you go to bed. Maybe you want to read more. A real book. Put your phone to bed at 8 o'clock and read for an hour. Get yourself in a better place. Can I give you another encouragement? To decide I'm not checking my email after a certain time. You set the time. I won't check my email after 7 o'clock at night. Sometimes it's 6. And here's what's going to happen if you do not check your email after 6 or 7 o'clock at night. It will still be there in the morning and you'll be better for it. I will not answer texts from people in our church past a certain time in the evening. You know why? Because I love my family more than I love you guys, and I love you guys a lot. But if I'm answering you guys and talking to you guys through texts all evening, I'm not spending time with the people I pledged my life to in my family. And my kids. If you're a CEO, you're a manager, somebody that you think you're important, I think I'm important, I'm not that important, but I think I am, and you're like, well, I can't do that, I can't do that. Do you know how dangerous it is for, for a person in leadership not to have free time? In fact, I would say this, that your leadership, CEO people, high-capacity people, your leadership capacity is always tied to your emotional sanity. And you know this, we've all seen it, nothing can jack our lives up emotionally like the world we view through our phones these days. So come on, let's think about doing this. You maybe say, well, I'm out. I sleep with my phone next to my bed because it makes me less anxious. No, it doesn't. You know that's not true. That's just a lie that maybe someone said to you or you said to yourself, that's not True, and here's the cool thing about your phone. If you have an iPhone, I'll just give you a quick technology tip. From my understanding, if you set your iPhone to do not disturb at night, you can select a few of your favorites like your kids or your spouse. If they call you, it still rings through. But for everybody else, you're shut off to them. You're getting some sleep in your world. What about this? I heard somebody decided to do this with their technology that I'm not gonna look at my phone for an hour until after I wake up in the morning. Let's just have a moment of just really honest um, confession. How many of you look at your phone before you ever get out of bed? Anybody? Just raise your, come on, let's just say it. Do you know that your soul is not ready to deal with the world's problems before you're even awake? You're starting the day out rough. You're trying to deal with everything going on before you even have a cup of coffee. You take your first breath. Or you? or I mean, God forbid, go to the bathroom for Pete's sakes. When you're 51, you'll understand that a little bit better than maybe if you're 20. But this is the deal. We have an opportunity to, Go in a better direction to let our souls be healthy. Maybe a second thing you could think about doing would determine some phone-free places. Like when you're driving in the car, if you're with someone else, I'm not, we're not going to be on our phones. We're going to talk to each other. We're going to connect. And if you're by yourself, maybe you still don't decide to be on your phone because you're going to take some time to talk to God that loves you and gave his son for you. Maybe your bedroom's going to be a phone-free Time. You know what you get to do in your bedroom when your phones aren't on or aren't in there? Can I tell you what you get to do? You get to talk to each other. Man, I'm just saying, you get to talk to each other and and connect with each other. For our family growing up, there were no phones at our dinner table. None. Not happening. Dad just decided we're not doing that around here. We're going to spend time together. When we were camping a couple weeks ago, one of the phrases that got thrown around was hang up and hang out. And we had terrible cell reception I'm telling you, we had the deepest time together just connecting because we didn't like, get caught up in everything else going around the world. Last thing I just encourage you to consider, would you would you resist the boredom scroll? And you know this, like I, I'm in line at the grocery store and so I can't stand in line for 30 seconds. So I got to read in the grocery store line or a uh, light and just say, you know what? I, I can have a minute of my time not occupied and breathe and think about what's bigger and better in my life life it's a big big deal and maybe if you're a parent you would resist giving a device to your kids because they're bored which come on parents we've all done this including me we give our kids devices often because we just want our own time and we try and entertain them and entertain them and entertain them in a world where you can hardly entertain children in anything anymore In that TechWise family book, Andy Crouch simply says this. He says, the technology that promised to release us from the boredom is actually making it worse. He said, I've come, next slide. I've come to the conclusion that the more you try and entertain children, the more bored they will get. So can I ask you a simple question when it comes to these three steps? We'll put them back on the screen for you. Phone-free times, phone-free places, and resist the boredom scroll. Would you be willing... And I think you should think about this whether you're a Christian or not. Would you be willing to say, you know what, I'm gonna pick a few things I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna do it all. There's a few people that are overachievers that you're gonna get rid of your phones, you're gonna set huge boundaries, and you're gonna run a marathon this week. You're gonna make us all feel bad about our lives. All right, for the rest of us, would you just pick one or two things and say, you know what, at the dinner table, in the car, whatever it is, I'm just gonna have some space to be with God. Now, I thought about this and we were, we were brainstorming about this week. I thought it'd be fun to use our technology to make a statement about our technology this week. And so what would be fun is if we decided to take this hashtag phone free And make a post over something. So, when you sit down at the dinner table tonight, I would love for you to participate in this. Just hashtag phone free and take a picture of your dinner table and post it on Facebook or Instagram and then put your phone away. And just let's get some culture going around the fact that we got some phone free zones. So, I'd love for you all to do that wherever you deem fit. And maybe we'd find some real community. And maybe we just stop worrying so much about the big crowd out there and worry about the core closest to us, the community close to us. And I know we're all trying to cope and work through this, but what if there's a healthier way we actually decide to be in community and make eye, t- eye, eye contact with people? One last word I just want to throw out at you, and this is a word of approval. And we'll talk more about this in a couple weeks, so keep coming back. As a parent, as a spouse, as a single person, as a teenager... We're all looking for approval. And this is an opportunity to say, you know what, we're going to find our approval in a God that really approves and loves us and created us. This, my friends, is a spiritual issue. So just to ask one last question to drive this home, because I know I have been. What has technology taken from you? What has technology taken from you? We can't be Amish. We can't go back. It's in our hands. But what if we decided we're going to look up and look up to a God that's crazy in love with us? I I love what Thomas did after Jesus died. He wouldn't believe that Jesus came back from the dead. Wouldn't believe in his resurrection until he saw him. Because Thomas decided, if I'm going to be failed by this world the way I feel failed after I lost my friend and my savior, I'm going to hold the whole world in my hands. And then Thomas, he runs smack dab in the resurrected Jesus, and he sees the holes in his hands and his feet, and he touches them, and he cries out, "My Lord, my Savior, my Lord, my Savior!" In that moment, Thomas decided, "I don't have the whole world in my hands, but I can put my world in the hands of the one that actually holds it." And I want to invite you. I want to invite you in this next few moments. Say, All right, God. There's a little bit of that I wanna control everything and know everything and be part of everything. I wanna give that to you and I wanna run towards a God that loves me and gave his son to die for me. We're gonna sing a song. It's called Run to the Father. I'd love for you to consider making a decision about technology, maybe other things in your life and say, you know what's most important is God. Which will make your family most important? Then make other things most important. There'll be just an incredible level of priorities in our life when that happens. It's an invitation to health and life and love. Let me pray for you and then we're gonna sing. Heavenly Father, thank you that you've given us all the tools and the gifts of this age that we live in and that it has made life easier. I'm grateful for it. It's made church go in good directions. But Lord, we also know that anything that's endless and is accessible can mess our lives up. And so let us have boundaries and rules of engagements with our technology. Thank you for your love and your grace and the fact that, Lord, you walk through us when we're doing this, walk with us when we're doing this well and when we're not doing it so well. Give us, give us the discipline and the courage to know how to handle all these things with wisdom. And thank you for being a God that holds the whole world in your hands so we don't have to hold it in ours. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.